You're listening to I Am Here. Hello, Renee. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, I'm happy to be here. You are the GM for a podcast called Fate and the Fable Maidens. Yes, that is correct. Which is really exciting because right now it's pretty new, but by the time this comes out, this recording, it will be the summer, so you will have a much bigger log of episodes than you currently do. Yeah, I think that'll be kind of interesting to interact with people once this episode comes out, but also really kind of get a feel for where we're at now at the start of our process. Yeah. So, Renee, tell me a little bit about you and about Fate and the Fable Maidens. Let's start there. Okay. Um. So if you want to know a little bit about the history of the podcast itself, we have an introduction episode where myself and the other three cast members kind of talk about how we all got into D&D, but for me personally, I'd been wanting to do some sort of creative project with my friends for a long time, and I think D&D was never on my radar. Uh, I was a nerd, but I was not that kind of nerd, or so I thought, and I think that that was a lot of uh, stereotyping on my part and misunderstanding and a couple of poor experiences that all kind of compiled to this perception I had of the game. And um, that is something that I am so still celebrating getting over because this game has been amazing for me. It's been amazing to get involved with the D&D community locally in my game store in West Texas, as well as the podcasting community online on Twitter, meeting new friends like Tess. That's been super exciting. (laughs) And so really, I'm just grateful that my view of D&D has kind of changed. So starting out with this podcast, it was just me and honestly, one of my friends sitting here on, I'm actually in Austin, Texas right now visiting my family. So we were sitting here on my bed in Austin at my parents' house, just like staring up the ceiling and thinking, what could we possibly do? Like we could try writing a book together, but that would be really difficult. And uh, I had just started playing D&D like maybe two months before at this point. And um, Becca, the other cast member, kind of looks over at me. She said, we should do D&D. We should do D&D and we should Skype people in. And I said, well, I mean, that'd be fun, but like, who would we play with? (laughs) And she was like, well, you could learn how to DM, right? And I said, "Uh, okay, oh, sure. Where do I start? Like, I just bought my player's handbook, but this thing is huge. Like, I just started playing this game. Where am I supposed to go? And games have always kind of intimidated me, which is a weird little fact. Like, I can do Candyland, okay? Or like, shoots and ladders but uh D D that that stuff is a uh, hefty reading material so um i uh, got started kind of looking at it i mentioned it to my local dm and he kind of said well come up and run combat and i was like i don't know how he was like i'll teach you and so i get up and like stand behind the dm screen he said you're gonna do great patted me on the shoulder and kind of left the room and i was like uh oh no okay <laughs> um so i just did like what i remembered and honestly like I was so mad at him for it in the moment, and uh, hopefully he listens to this and just like cracks up at this, but I was so mad at him at the time, and honestly, he kind of gave me that push that I needed to really get started. So um, we called some of our closest friends and got a group together that we trusted and started a crazy podcast idea together. That's amazing that Fate and the Fable Maidens is your first time GMing. (laughs) Yeah. So I've listened to the first two episodes, and I would not have guessed that this is your first time GMing. Really? Well, thank you. You do a wonderful job. Major props. (laughs) Thank you. Well, I do have some acting and and, uh, writing experience. And I think that I definitely noticed some of the things that I can do better. Or at least, and maybe that, maybe that's something everyone does at the end of each session is like pick out, oh, you know, this went well, this, this did not. And uh, this is how I can improve next time. But it's been listening to the the episodes, especially now, because we have not actually recorded since we released episodes. Our first recording will be coming up. Um, and I think that since we've all heard ourselves and how it goes, we've taken a lot away and learned a lot from just hearing the audio that we can apply in the next few episodes and really, you know, hopefully improve what we're putting out. 
yeah, I mean, all new podcasts kind of go through a first few episode, like learning curve, so to speak, where yes. it's like, we think we're doing really great. And then we listen to it. And then we talk about it. And then it's not that that was bad. It's that now we know other cool things that we could do better or that we want to introduce or incorporate. Right. And I think, honestly, for us, I don't know, surely by the time this comes out, we'll be confident enough with sharing this information. But our first episode, we sat down and recorded it and just felt awful afterwards. Oh, no. Oh, my goodness. We sat down and we were like, I think no matter how much planning or preparation we had done, we just didn't know how it would look in the practice of it. And there were so many things that while we prepared for as many things as we could, we just couldn't know to prepare for. And so sitting down, we like talked through it. We're like, okay, so obviously the pacing didn't go like we wanted it to. Obviously, um, we have never really played together in this, this format before. None of us are used to having microphones in front of our face. I'm still getting used to having a microphone, um, and calling myself a podcaster. Things like that, that we just didn't really, you know, we are four friends who are making a podcast together. And so part of our mentality was four friends playing a game. And I think that we realized we were, we were really creating something as well and able to kind of take notes about that. And we came back and recorded episode two. And I think it just like clicked for all of us. Not to say that we found our podcasting legs right away, but just to like really feel like, yeah, this is something we should be doing. This is something that we can do. And this is something that hopefully people can enjoy. Oh, certainly. And and I mean, I would say like, definitely from episode one to two, like episode two definitely felt like you did have maybe like a, a different sense of confidence than you did in the first episode. I mean, I'm I'm really interested to see where your story goes. Well, thank you. It's it's different. It's unique. It's clear that you guys have really great chemistry and being friends before you're playing is like a bonus to that. Yeah. And so I'm really looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to hopefully develop, developing my story. I've been working on it for several months now, but I am still learning a lot of the, the nuances of the rules. I think I don't know everything. I do have a friend who started playing about the same time I did, but he's had time to read through the player's handbook like five times. And I just have nothing on his knowledge of the rules. So I keep I we we do prioritize storytelling. And part of that is because um, accessibility has always been a big uh, priority for us. But um, I get to hear what I can do and learn from it. And hopefully, whatever I learn from my jamming skills at the podcast, I can take to the table at our local game store, I can take to our weekly events and our personal campaign and just improve as both a player and a storyteller and a DM. That's really great. I love that the way you're viewing it is almost the opposite that I've heard other people talk about gaming in terms of like, oh, my my at the table and my community like group is what's going to help me with my podcast. Oh, <laughs> and, and I love that you're viewing it as like this podcast and doing this regularly and hearing myself GMing is going to make me a better GM at my game store and at the table. And I really love that perspective. That's great. Oh my goodness. I'm pretty sure as soon as our episodes come out, we are all listening and like texting each other and saying, do you remember this dumb thing we said? Oh my goodness. Do you remember <laughs> this funny thing we said? And uh, Laura has actually texted us and said, guys, I'm laughing at the same points in the same way as I did when we recorded and it's scaring me. Oh my so. God. That's amazing. I love that. <laughs> yeah, it's, and it's it's been a ton of fun because I I think what you said is true. Like, definitely, our community has come together around our podcast and our local game store, and the the friends that we play with around the table have been so incredibly helpful in helping make this happen. Um, they've contributed in graphic design, in photography, in word of mouth, and just in being outright supportive. So I do think we take a lot away from our local community to bring to the podcast as well. Uh, our podcast has just also taken a lot for us to bring back to our local community. That's really good because I feel like especially you hear a lot of stories about local communities and women in local communities, local game stores, and those kinds of negative experiences. And I've had those kinds of negative experiences. And, and many women don't, thankfully, encounter some of those same things. But I think it's really great that you have such a supportive game community in your town. And that does sound like it's surrounded around this game store. And 
so I, I kind of want to hear more about that. Like, how does how does your local game store and the experiences and the people there tie in with what you're doing with Fate and the Fable Maidens? Yeah, uh, I think this is... Uh, I'm going to go ahead and preface with the fact that I am very nervous right now. Um, this is a lot to share, and um, I want to I wanna do... I want to do right. I want to do these these good people justice, but I also do want to say, yeah, I am one of those people who has had a negative experience or a couple. I did have a, a pretty negative experience with my first D&D game about two and a half years ago that honestly turned me off completely to the game. I was never going to play again. And um, having some people encourage me to come back was was really really valuable to me. And I wasn't, I really wasn't expecting it. I really just thought, yeah, D&D is not for me, you know, different strokes, different folks, everyone can enjoy it. And I'll just be over here playing video games while my friends get together and roll dice around a table. That's okay. And it was, it wasn't really okay, but I just, I just thought I needed to stay away. And, um, this past summer, uh, I'm chronically ill. So, and that's not something I generally talk about, but, um, is something that's going to kind of come out through the process of this anyway, I imagine. So, um, I was going through a particularly hard time and I, uh, am struggling with kind of a lot of medical mysteries right now. A lot of, uh, doctor's visits, doctor's appointments, um, things that I'm investigating, trying to see through. So, um, I was homeless at the time, did a, a few months, uh, between living spaces. And while my friends were great and let me crash on their couch and I had a good time overall, it was a really, really devastating experience, especially to be in so much physical pain and feeling sick all the time and not having a place of my own or a routine of my own. And so I was, uh, I was really having a hard time this past summer and it was, it was affecting me on all sorts of levels, but most most of all, it was affecting my creativity because my mental health was so tied to my physical health. And I'm a writer. I've been a writer since I accepted that I was a writer um, early on in my college career and uh, ended up getting a creative writing degree. And I love it. I've written a couple books. Um, now I'm writing for a podcast and uh, I've done theater for, you know, 10 plus years now. I've always been passionate about being a part of a, t- a story and telling a story. And when I can't write or when I can't be a part of that story and feel like I'm sharing a story with the world or helping other people tell the story that they're most passionate about, it feels pretty devastating. And I was definitely at that point where I just couldn't I could not write. I could not sit up long enough to write. I couldn't focus long enough to write. And I just was kind of sinking lower and lower into that stagnation of creativity. And one of the friends I was staying with actually said, well, hey, I uh, I was thinking about getting into D&D. And of, of course, I was still in that mentality of, oh, yeah, well, that's not my thing. But it could be his thing. And his birthday is coming up. And what would be super encouraging to him is if I went and bought him a set of dice. So um, I called my friend Sam, who is a cast member in Fate and the Fable Maidens, and said, hey, let's go buy dice from our local game store. I've never set foot in there before, but I know where it is. And let's go. It'll be a ton of fun. She said, okay. We walked in um, and picked out uh, a couple sets for him, and we were like, well, why don't we just go ahead and grab some here? Like, if we're going to be supporting him and he's going to be learning this game, we're probably going to play with him at some point. So I went ahead and bought a set for me, and I bought her first set as well and just said, let's all let's all kind of support him and get started and show up for him. Um, and I'd been texting a lot of my friends who I knew played D&D, and they said, yeah, um, we can send you over some files, some resources, but, you know, it's going to be a while. It's not like you can find a campaign for him tomorrow to hop in on. Um, yeah, they shouldn't have challenged me like that because I started talking to some people at the game store and uh, pretty instantly had a campaign for him to get involved in. I met my current DM there, um, as well as... Uh, uh, another friend who's been in our personal campaign and we ended up talking for a while about how they were starting a campaign 
geared specifically towards new players, teaching people how to play in the fifth edition of Dungeons and Dragons. And we said, well, sure, yeah, we'll bring him up here tomorrow night. You can maybe teach him a little bit about character sheets, stuff like that. And we'll see how that goes. We'll see if he gets invested in it, but I think he will. And they said, yeah, sure, we'll see you tomorrow. So the next day, Sam and I took my friend up there. We dropped him off and we said, okay, bye. We're going to go see Wonder Woman. And uh, we left. We went to go see the movie and we're like, oh, well, we have to go pick Josie up with the str- from the strangers that we left him with. So, oops, hope they didn't like, hope nothing happened. You know, <laughs> we didn't actually know these people, but uh, we went back to the store and they were just like super excited when we walked in. They were like, yeah, this campaign, it's going to be Guardians of the Galaxy themed. And Renee, you're going to play Gamora. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. Wait, you volunteered me for this? Like, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't sign up for this. I, I, I was just going to go see Wonder Woman. But then they were just kind of like, well, yeah, you can play this, you know, badass assassin. And I was like, I mean, I mean, that does sound kind of fun. I mean, I mean, okay, let me look into it. So <laughs> they said, well, you know, Sam should play too. And she said, well, who, you know, who do you not have kind of character equivalents for? And they said, well, we don't have a nebula. We also don't have a Drax, but she kind of turned that one down pretty fast. And so um, she and I went home and started building these adoptive sister characters. And she ended up playing a drow monk, and I played a tiefling assassin rogue character. And uh, it was so – it happened so fast for me because uh, it, it was all kind of in the span of a week. And I had had this mentality of just not getting back into it, but I found myself – sitting at this table week after week and the structure of creativity around me, how the community storytelling aspect of it encouraged me to be creative as well. Um, It also filled a social need that I hadn't realized I wasn't getting because since I was so constantly sick and at home, I would go home right after work and I would watch TV and sleep for the the entire night, sometimes 10 hours um, and not see people, not really interact with people. And so being able to go and sit down at a game was a way for me to not expend too much energy, but also for me to still get that social connection to really make friends and connect with people. And I found myself kind of like coming out of this creative slump. I found myself writing scenes from our campaign. And maybe those are something that I can share eventually. And I found myself laughing each week. I found myself getting closer and closer to these friends. And it did take us a couple months to get to the point where we'd like go to a restaurant together because we had met just as strangers walking into this game store. But we're at that point where, you know, we hung out for New Year's and just played video games for a long time. And we can call each other if we have a problem or if we don't have anything to do. We're just hanging out. It's like, hey, guys, I'm bored. My plans fell through. Does anyone want to go grab dinner? And uh, we have that kind of relationship where we can just depend on each other. And that that's something I never imagined that I would have for Dungeons & Dragons. Not only did I never imagine myself playing... I never imagined myself getting invested. I never imagined myself really connecting with this group of people. And I certainly never imagined myself having a podcast. Wow. (laughs) I just, first of all, Renee, thank you so much for sharing that with me. That sounds like you have been through a lot in the past year. And what a beautiful and unexpected turn of events. D&D ended up being for you. I'm just, uh, I'm so grateful and so happy for you that you found that and that there was that community that was there for you to help you through that creative slump that you found yourself in. And I just, I so appreciate you sharing me, sharing that with me. Good, because I'm still shaking. (laughs) (laughs) And actually, I do want to add on that. Um, you know, since getting a lot closer to my friends, I feel more and more comfortable not feeling okay around them, um, which is something that always takes me a while to do, uh, just because I want to put on my best face and like be the best person. And that's very hard when you're constantly feeling badly. And, um, I know that they get a little freaked out sometimes when I'm very clearly not okay or I can't stand up or I'm in a lot of pain. 
but they've been so incredibly supportive of me and making sure I have everything I need. D&D has ultimately become hosted at my house for our personal campaign. And they're just always, you know, if they, if they know they need to, they'll check in on me. They make sure that I'm eating right, that I have water, that, you know, if I need to, I have a stuffed animal to hug while we're sitting there playing the game and uh, just being very conscious of where I'm at. And that's something that's been very meaningful to me in also getting to know these people and for them to see where I am um, on a regular basis. It's just so uplifting to know that there are people and communities out there like yours and that that the RPG communities and the D&D communities don't have to be a negative or stereotypical type of place, that they can be this positive and welcoming and clearly just so supportive place for each other. And I like, I'm just, I'm so blown away that you shared your story with me. And I just, I'm, I'm so thankful that you did. And I think that it's important to share those stories. And, and I really hope that listeners feel like it's okay to share their stories and it's okay to be vulnerable, but it's okay to ask for that support from our communities. And I personally feel like we should expect that of our RPG communities, of our, of our podcasting community, because we, we are here for each other and it's about uplifting each other and it's about being here for each other because I really do believe that role-playing games are such a huge aspect of helping the creative brain, which has such a huge impact on our social and kind of emotional sides that it's just so important to hear these stories where we know that it's okay and it's okay to be who we are and still take up that space in in the community yeah and that this is a space that we can take up it's it's really not a lie to say that D saved me in some capacity it pulled me from an incredibly low point and it helped me socially it helped me mentally it helped me even physically and it helped me with community it helped me creatively it's just it's not something that i can really put a value on and I have had a couple of the stereotypical experiences. Uh, like I said, my first experience was not a great one, uh, two years, two and a half years ago. Um, and then I did have one bad experience with, uh, someone in our local game store, uh, with sexual objectification of my character that ended up getting real bad real fast. Um, but the community around me was thankfully willing to step in, in part on, with me and on my behalf, um, to help me kind of get through that. And to make sure that that's not something that happens to anyone else in our community. And that has been very impressive to me because I know so many people go through that and not all of them have the community around them who is willing to intervene and make it a safe space for everyone, which has been what D&D has become for me is a safe space. And even when I felt unsafe in that situation, my friends were there with me and standing with me. And that helped me get through it and to the point where I still just feel safe when I'm playing D&D. I feel comfortable and I feel like I'm with people who care and who are going to be there for me no matter what. That's that's how it should be everywhere. Agreed. And I'm so glad that, that, that what could have been so much worse. Yes. <laughs> wasn't. Yeah. Oh, it could <laughs> because have been of so the bad. people who were surrounding you. And I think that that's something I've had the pleasure to see. Um, we did move our personal campaign to my house uh, for a weekly basis. But um, I do have, uh, we do have weekly events at our local game store that um, I help coordinate. And that's been been really exciting to see because we do have people come in week to week, sometimes different people. We call them uh, side quests. They're essentially self-contained one-shot adventures that people can come into, learn how to play the game, pick up a character, maybe try something new. Maybe they're players, veterans who have been in the game a long time, but just want to try some of the new 5e rules or are interested in trying a new class and race that they're not able to do in their consistent campaign. 
I'm going to try to keep it fairly low commitment so that people feel like they can come and participate, but if they have a science test or if they have work the next day, they don't have to be there, but they can come and they can have a good time just with a, a short self-contained adventure. And so we've created a little guild for that and just the amount of people we've come in we've had come into the store, um, people that we've never met before that we wouldn't have met without this, this opportunity for them to come. And we see people from all different backgrounds, um, all different sexualities, all different races, all different religions, um, different, different mentalities. Um, you know, I, I have felt like I bring a little bit of, uh, of a, of physical illness to the table. Um, my, one of our, friends that has been a, a huge advocate in our group and encouraging to most encouraging to us is the mother of one of our campaign players. And uh, he's a 16 year old with autism and he plays week to week at my house and sometimes on Thursday nights. And his mom has just been super encouraging, trying to get more and more people from uh, the autistic community to come play at our local game store in a place where she trusts that he will be encouraged and that he will have a, a, a good time. And that's been, that's been really cool to see. Uh, he essentially decided he was kind of given a choice. He could learn how to drive or he could, uh, learn how to, how to play. I think Warhammer was the other choice he, they gave him. And he said, I want to learn Dungeons and Dragons. And they said, well, okay, I guess we'll figure that out. And so they did the same thing we did, kind of walked into the local game store, just happened to meet the right people and ended up at our table. And um he's such an amazing part of the community. Like he brings uh his sketch pad to every game and draws scenes from it, as well as just these epic dragon sketches. Um He's currently hand-making a set of chainmail armor from uh, soda tabs. Wow. Soda can tabs. Mm -hmm. And so we all collect those. Like we, we go through way too much soda when we're sitting around the table playing D&D. So we break all those off and hand them over to him so that he can he can work on this long-term project. And he's he's given some of the most heartfelt speeches in our campaign. <laughs> and that's that's something that I don't feel like we could have experienced if if we weren't trying to foster a place of community and a place where... Um, we want everyone to feel welcome um, as soon as they walk in the store to the moment they sit around the table to the moment they leave. And how perfect of an example of of this community and of RPGs really truly being for everyone. It, it doesn't matter what kind of disability or who you love or, you know, your heritage, your background, everybody is welcome and, and it it is a place for everyone. Yeah. I think that's so great. The message that you're, you're championing and that you're being a part of at your local game store. And that really comes through with Fate and Fable Maidens. I feel like your, you know, your Twitter feed and, and your interaction with, with your online community is, is truly a everyone is welcome. And I love that. <laughs> well, thank you. And I, I honestly believe that's true. I mean, you sit down at a, a table and you create this character who can be so much more than we can be. And hopefully we get to the point where in a lot of cases, that's not even a necessity anymore. Like you can be whoever you want to be in this world and don't have to go to a fantasy world to do it. But for now, it gives me the opportunity to, to be strong. When I'm not, there are days I can't open the refrigerator or hold up a soda can, but in my campaign, I'm a badass assassin. <laughs> like <laughs> I can do whatever I want and be someone. And, you know, if, if I, best example from recent campaign, a dragon was uh, trying to fly away with both me and my adoptive sister. And through some magic of the game, I forget exactly what happened, he ended up on the ground and I was falling out of the sky um, with the help of a bard and some uh, feather fall magic, which he, in an epic moment, canceled the spell. My rogue dove out of the sky and took some damage, but speared the dragon through the head. And it was just like this huge, like, you know, we're all cheering, we're all screaming. And it's like, that's it. It's so empowering. It's such an amazing feeling 
to, to me, uh, to have this, this accomplishment that I know is not anywhere near my physical capabilities. It's not anywhere near something I could accomplish in this world. Um, even if dragons did exist in the, in the modern world. And, um, it's, that's an, an incredible feeling that I hope everyone who plays this game can have is, is that feeling of empowerment, that feeling that they can be in this world that they can be when they play D&D or any RPG. Um if you're if you're playing Edge of the Empire and uh you're you're running around with your blasters, some cool tech that we don't have yet, you know, whatever you're experiencing, 7th Sea, <laughs> standing on the top of of the sails looking out over the ocean, these epic imaginative creative scenes that can play out in front of us while we are role playing that we may never get the opportunity to have in in person. And that is so exciting to me every week, every time I sit down at the table, every time I roll my die. I could not have put any of that better myself. <laughs> oh, that just, that encapsulates everything that, that is. Um, but I really wanted to get back to what you said about in-game, in D&D, whether you're playing a rogue assassin or, you know, in masks playing a superhero or in Seventh Sea looking out over the ocean. There's a lot we don't know when we listen to podcasts um, and, and also when we see people, but there's a lot we don't know and that people can assume just by voices. Somebody sounds okay. They must be okay. There's, there's no way of knowing how that person fares physically or mentally and disabilities, whether visible or invisible, whether caused by uh, something that is like a chronic illness versus maybe a, a temporary illness. Uh, they're not things that we can see when we're listening to our favorite creators in, in our podcasts that we follow and love and adore. Uh, I think in some ways it's it makes sharing these stories that much more important because it allows us to relate more and it allows us to to hear oh this person is telling stories and involved in stories i can be too and whether it's a disability or whether it's who you identify as personally um there are these little aspects of ourselves that the more we learn about our creators, the more we, I think, can feel engaged and feel attached to those stories and those creations. And so I, I really so appreciate you sharing your story. It, it's not, we don't get to see what's on the other side of the mic. And I, I really appreciate you saying that. I, I feel like you mentioned the word vulnerability earlier, and I think that's a, a very blanket word when you are discussing uh, diversity in podcasts um, as well as as things that you might not realize uh, about the people that you listen to or the people that you meet maybe that lady who's yelling in front of you and fast the fast food line is just having a really bad day you know you just can't see more than what's presented right in front of you but to share more is very vulnerable and um, sometimes very difficult. And so it was difficult for me and it hasn't really, you know, been talked about in a public setting for my podcast. So while my close friends are very aware and very conscious of it, it's definitely something that takes a lot of uh, energy to share. And I hope that at some point it's something that people do feel comfortable discussing, but there is some level that you want to put on a good face, whether you're dealing with mental struggles, um, depression, anxiety, whether you're dealing with something physical like a chronic illness or, you know, a migraine or feeling just sick, whether you're dealing with uh, something much different that I, I may not even know, I may not be able to relate to, so I may not can, can share that perspective here today, but I think it is important that the people who do have those perspectives, who do have those experiences, are able to share them and that we as a community and as people encourage them to share them so that we can start to understand what they may be going through so that everyone can understand what I may be going through 
so that you can be sure that you understand what the people next to you are going through. Um, that's something that I don't want to lose touch with. Sometimes it is harder to see what's going on with the people right next to you, and you want to be able to keep that open and uh, be able to be vulnerable with your neighbor, with the person next to you. Certainly. And being vulnerable and feeling like you can share brings such it, it it brings a closeness. I think that relation allows us to say, hey, it's okay that you're struggling and there's nothing to be ashamed of. And it's okay to be you and it, it's okay to to have those needs. And what yeah. you said earlier about playing and even making sure that maybe you have a stuffed animal to hug while you're while you're playing you know, when you look at it from an outside perspective, if you saw a group of people playing and one person had a stuffed animal, you'd be like, whatever, like that person <laughs> wants to hug a stuffed animal. <laughs> like, yeah. um, And not knowing how much meaning that might have for you and how that might impact your level of comfort and safety. And I think that by being open about this, we encourage others to be open and and we allow, I think, an, a deeper understanding of the love for the stories that creators have and, and the connection and the depth of why maybe stories were created the way they were created and why those, and I guess how your experience, um, influences your storytelling and there's always more there there's always more than you can see always and and i think that that's it's such a great perspective and i'm so glad that like i keep saying it but i i'm so happy that you came on today and and felt like you could be vulnerable with me and and share with me and my listeners whomever they might be in the summer (laughs) Well, uh-huh. I'll be one of them, so you've got that Thank one you. promised, at least. And yes. it's funny you mentioned the stuffed animal, because I definitely have a, a giant hippo stuffed animal that I reached over and grabbed a little while ago, just to like give me that sense of comfort, because it is a, it is a very sensitive topic in some ways, and um, it's it's important for people to feel that that safety and that's what I've I've started to feel for a long time in D and really really do hope that we get to the point where other people can feel that too and I know there are going to be moments there are still going to be moments for me where I struggle or have difficulty getting along with someone or have one of uh, the bad experiences that we've, we've discussed already and I think that so long as I'm surrounded by people who do support me um both personally and in the greater D&D community, which has been something we've had the pleasure of seeing since uh, starting to participate more on Twitter. And that's that's really something I can rely on um, when I do feel vulnerable, when I do feel like I just need to hug a stuffed animal. So Yeah, and it's something that eventually, I hope by us being supportive and by us doing the things that we're doing both right here, right now, and and on Twitter and, you know, on, on Facebook, if that's your jam or, you know, whatever social media aspect that that you use, the more we allow ourselves to be vulnerable, the more we break down this perception that we have these perfect lives. (laughs) And to add on to that, um, that D and D is just for dude nerds. Like, yeah, because I do think that that was my perception that I had to break starting down and it wasn't until I really had honest conversations with friends and really experienced it to myself that I realized how wrong I was and that's you know I don't want to sit there and be like I hope you all realize how wrong you are because that's not what I mean (laughs) I hope that people are constantly opening their minds and constantly having these new experiences and learning to understand people's vulnerabilities, learning to understand how their perceptions may affect where they're at now and how we can break down those barriers in a communicative way, in a way that everyone learns from it and everyone grows. And that way the community grows and that way our friendships grow and that way the game grows and becomes consistently more and more incredible. Yes. 
Exactly. And more and more accessible. And more and more accessible. Exactly. The more that we, we open up and become, you know, these open-minded beings that we so often are at fault, (laughs) human nature. Yes. Yes. The more we, we, you know, I don't want to say reject, but I do. The more we reject that human nature excuse of like, well, that behavior, it's just human nature that people won't get along or that people will say the wrong thing. It's like, but there's behavior that can be learned and taught. And there are ways we can teach empathy and sympathy and compassion and understanding. And there are ways that these games that we love so much can be accessible and can be open where we can break down those stereotypes and get rid of the stereotype of the nerd boy in his parents' basement. (laughs) Because that stereotype isn't healthy or helpful to us as women, to individuals who might be the the nerd boy in the basement because we don't know his story. Right. And and I think one of the things I said earlier is like, you're doing this wrong, fix it. And I think that that mentality is not something that I want to share. I want to say we like, not you can do better, but we can do better. I can do better. I've Certainly. learned better. I've, I've grown grown through this process since I started playing this game. If I can continue growing, if I can continue being an example to others of how I want this game to be, of how I want people to feel when they sit around this table with me and with my friends, then we can start making a difference. When we can do better, when I can do better, we can make a difference in the community. And we can make it, we can leave this community better than when we entered it. Exactly. And and that's something that is so evident that you and your group is striving for with even before you were posting your full episodes the the like the hype for your show and and thanking everybody and you go to your website and it's straight there on the front page like thank you to those who helped make it possible and it's clear that it's a big group of people who had such a wonderful influence and made their mark on helping your group and helping your podcast get its start. We couldn't do it without them. We couldn't do it without every one of our cast members, our family members, our friends, our local game store, without the, the friends that we've met on Twitter, like like you. We just it, it's not possible if it's not people coming together. And that's why it's a teamwork game. That's why it's a collaborative thing. That's why you sit down together and have an adventuring party. It's not just yes. you, it's it's a group storytelling effort and it's everyone working together to make something happen. And we have just been overwhelmed by how that metaphor moved from the table with our D&D campaign to the entirety of our podcast, to the entirety of our interactions. And that's exciting. It's, it is. And it, and it's what I hope to see continue with every new podcast and with every new RPG group that comes forward. Agreed. We're a pattern family and we can absolutely support each other. And I think that's the way it should be. You like a podcast? Let people know. Yeah. Like, go listen to D20 Dames and Dungeons and Dragons and yes. so many more that I'm not <laughs> going to be able to list off the top of my head right now that I just would never have interacted with without becoming a part of this community. And I may be a little bit presumptuous to say that they're my friends, but I hope they're okay with that because <laughs> I feel like I'm becoming friends with these people just by listening to their podcasts. Yes. Like the Broadswords, WanderQuest, listening oh gosh, to the yes. amazing material that they've put out, the amazing story that they have to tell, I feel like I'm growing a connection with them. And I feel like that's something that everyone should experience. So if you listen to our podcast, we want you to be able to experience that same thing with other people that we care about, our other friends that we've made in our little pottery family community. Yeah. And and it's amazing to me how different all of the stories and the takes and these worlds are. And it's in part because everybody 
has unique experiences and unique takes and perspectives. And I love how you can get four women together in Texas and you can get four women together in, you know, Michigan and four in Vancouver and all these groups are going to have different perspectives and different stories and they're all valid and they're all wonderful and we can all champion each other and celebrate each other's stories. And it's, it's such a wonderful thing to see growing. When I launched RPG casts in 2016, I initially just wanted to highlight women because I knew of like two podcasts (laughs) RPG podcasts that had women, but it's really only been in the last like four to six months that I've almost seen all of these new, very like women powered podcasts launching and grabbing the attention of the the community for their, their stories and their quality and, you know, the content and it's just been so wonderful to see and amazing to see everybody really helping everyone else step up because there's a certain, you know, it's, it's scary sometimes when you're like, Oh, somebody had the same idea that I had. And now I feel like, is my idea worth it? Or should I bother? Or they're going to take listeners away from me. And, and that sometimes I think can be the initial, like the jerk reaction. And it's so wonderful to see instead on the various social medias, rather than staying silent about similar podcasts and similar in terms of, you know, game system and women powered, um, it would be easy to stay silent. And none of these podcasts are saying staying silent. Somebody recommend says, Oh, I want a new podcast. And suddenly you've got the broadswords saying, Okay, check out Wander Quest and check out D20 Dames and check out Zero D20 and check out Fate and the Fable Maidens and check out Roll Like a Girl. And you've got these women saying, Oh, you like my podcast? Let me share other ones like mine. Like rather than trying to hoard those listeners it's like no let like listen you need to listen to these other stories because in reality they're not all the same no they're not at all and i think that that was another expectation i had that was like completely proved wrong and not to say that we were i ever really viewed that we were in competition with these people but there were so many people that i just didn't know about and so i think i had maybe three podcasts i was subscribed to before starting our own that (laughs) list has gone up to like 20 right now it'll probably go up another 20 in the next month who knows what it'll be at by the time this releases this summer because i'm gonna have to subscribe to rpg casts so like (laughs) everything's just gonna keep snowballing and building my list is gonna be my listen list is gonna be longer and that's exciting because people do have unique stories to tell and there's no reason why anyone should feel they need to be silent because that's one of the things I've learned most as a writer and being a part of my writing community in Lubbock and learning from people who have written novels, who have published novels, who are working through novels is just that everyone has a story to share and there is value to every story. If it makes a difference for one single person, it has made a difference. Yes. And even if that one person was the writer and it made a difference to them just getting that story out. Yes. And that that's something I'm definitely very passionate about is not only telling my own story, but making sure that others can tell theirs or feel comfortable telling theirs and want to share theirs because I have been changed by the, the books that I've read, the songs that I've listened to, the movies that I've seen. I remember thinking at the end of Pirates of the Caribbean, I don't even remember how old I was when that came out, but I was middle school, I think. And I just like watched that movie and was like, I want to be a pirate. <laughs> and then years later, you know, I can, I can create a pirate in my D&D campaign. I can yeah. be a pirate and I can... I can experience all of these wonderful things. I can tell a pirate story if I wanted to. And 
that's that's something that I want to see more and more people do. You see a ton of D&D podcasts. That doesn't mean your idea is an original. It means your idea can add to the community. And we would love to have you. We would love to hear you. We would love to listen to your story. That's exactly it. That's, that is the sentiment is I think people get scared off sometimes when they are thinking about maybe creating a D&D podcast because there are a lot of D&D podcasts out there. But that also means there's a lot of listeners out yeah. there. And that means that there's there's an audience and it means that I, this is the word I keep coming back to. And I think it's an important one for what we're both trying to accomplish. But community, there's a community out there and there's no reason you can't be a part of it. No matter what you're bringing to the table, no matter who you are or where you've been or the struggles that you experience and deal with daily, there's a place for you in this community. And not everyone is as understanding as that. And I hope that that continues to change. And I hope that we can be the difference that we want to see in that as we welcome you into our community. Yes, exactly. I think like, I think we've covered basically everything. I love how this conversation has gone. Yay. It, I feel very passionate now. I feel like I could go take on the world and just like, oh, no, I feel like I'm, I'm a pirate. I could sail the seven seas. Yes, exactly. I feel inspired talking to you that, that, that was amazing. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I feel inspired. I feel inspired to go write. I feel inspired to go work on a podcast. Funny how that works. <laughs> I feel inspired to go make more friends and hang out more on Twitter. So, <laughs> you know, it kind of struck me um, as as we're wrapping up. Like, it's funny because we have a comedy podcast. I don't feel like there are many goofs in this conversation at all, which is just so interesting <laughs> to me. Um, very totally different from what I've been used to behind this microphone. And uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a very cool experience. So thank you oh, for glad. creating a space where this this was a, a possibility. Oh, well, thank you for for being so open in this space. Thank you. I, I, I don't think it would be possible if it weren't what you're hoping to create. And that's, that makes it feel more comfortable. Awesome. I'm so glad. Support for the I Am Here podcast, presented by RPG Casts, is made possible by listeners like you. You can help keep the show going, get sweet excess bonus content for as little as $2 a month when you become a patron on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash rpgcasts to check out exclusive rewards for patrons and make your pledge. I Am Here is a production of RPG Casts. The intro and outro music was composed by Emily E. Mayo. Special thanks to Peter Grelly for designing the graphic art and assets for both RPG Casts and for I Am Here. Visit the website at IamHerePodcast.com for show notes, transcripts, and so much more. You can find more about RPG Casts by going to RPGCasts.com and follow on Twitter at, at RPG underscore casts. Otherwise, thank you so much for listening to I Am Here. It means so much. Hi, I'm Renee Rhodes of the Fate and the Fable Maidens podcast, and I am here. Yay. That's <laughs> wonderful. I'm so glad. It sounds so cool. It's like, yes, I am here. I'm here in yes. me and just who I am and what I bring. Uh, yes, exactly.